Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. I'm Jason Davis, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about cancel culture. We've done this before, um, but it's been a little while. We've been a little preoccupied with other issues. So today's guest has over 25 years experience as a corporate leader in uh, HR, human resources, and she's also the purveyor of CorporateWokePlace.com. Stephanie Kaplan is with us. Stephanie, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm good, Jason. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, I've, I've looked at your blog and I really like it. It's very uh, pithy with your comments. You know, you're very to the point um, and it's just a nice way to have all these concise thoughts and ideas in one place. But before we get into a little bit more about why you started that, how long, first of all, how long has the site been up? It's been up for about a year now. And initially, what led you to start the site? So... That's a great question. So while we were all in lockdown, and I, I live in Texas, so lockdown wasn't as bad here as it was in some of the other states, but we still were locked down, you know, for a couple of months when the COVID stuff first came out. And then you may remember on Memorial Day weekend, George Floyd was killed, and the world kind of went insane with, you know, issues of race. And I was getting all these emails from my yoga studio and my pizza place and the company where I buy clothes online and all these people sending me, all these companies sending me emails about George Floyd and systemic racism in America. And I'm not sure what that has to do with pizza or yoga, but yet they were sending it. And um, I was trying to kind of ignore it and figure out, this will this will go away eventually, right? We don't need to worry too much about this. This is just something that'll kind of blow over, but it didn't. It got worse and worse and worse. And then one day, the company that I work for, which was doing a pretty good job staying out of the fray, they hadn't commented on any of this. We were just going about the business that we have to do. And then they decided to get into it by asking all employees to donate to an organization called Act Blue, which is a fundraising arm for the Democratic Party. But they were portraying it as, oh, you know, this will help Black Lives Matter. And I got offended. I thought, 
how dare you ask me to donate to Black Lives Matter, especially through Act Blue, which is, again, a fundraising arm of the Democratic Party. So I got really upset. And, you know, I'm home more than normal because I'm in lockdown and I'm trying to work from home and raise my kids and have them go to school and, and do all these things. And I'm being bombarded with this. And I felt like it was kind of a guilt play to get employees to donate to Black Lives Matter. And I didn't agree with it. So I got upset. So I did two things. The first thing I did was I sent an email. It was anonymous because I don't want to lose my job. So I sent an email to the CEO telling him that I didn't appreciate the request to donate to these organizations. And I told him why I told him what black lives matter was really about. And I told him who act blue gives most of their money to, which is democratic candidates and democratic committees, political. And then I also said, you know, I hope that he wouldn't ask us to do something like that again, because I was offended by it. So that was the first thing I did. The second thing I did was start this blog, corporate woke place, which you can find at corporatewokeplace.com. It's woke place instead of workplace. It's a little bit of a play on words. And I decided that that was going to be my outlet because I figured if I felt this way at my work, then other people probably did as well. So it's really just a way for people to kind of share some of the insanity, commiserate a little bit. And we share the things that we see that are going on in corporate America that we don't like. And then I also share when companies get it right, because there are some companies that fight back against this wokeness or this political correctness at work, but not enough of them are doing it. But I do share those stories as well as kind of an inspiration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's back up. So you explained to your CEO what Black Lives Matter is really about. I assume you mean their Marxist origin. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. And my second question, what did he say or did you get a response? from him? Well, I did not get a response because I did send it anonymously. So there would have been no way for him to respond. However, they never asked us to donate to Act Blue or Black Lives Matter again. So I'm assuming that my letter had something to do with it. I can't say for sure. I'm hoping that he got other letters also and that mine wasn't the only one, but they didn't ask us to do it again. So I took that as a win. Yeah, I'd say so. Now, it sounds like um, from your from your perspective, this all pretty much started at the George Floyd incident. Did you have any hint of this uh, in the workplace prior to that? Yeah, I would actually say it exploded after the George Floyd incident because it had been building for a while with companies, diversity initiatives and employee resource groups and things like that. But it was mostly larger companies at that time. I've worked for a couple Fortune 100 companies, including Starbucks. And I remember a lot of this happening then. And this was back in the day. So it started with a concept called corporate social responsibility, which means corporations should take social issues on in order to make the world a better place, which, you know, isn't bad when you're talking about keeping up the environment and not polluting and things like that. But then when it you know, goes to wearing Black Lives Matter shirts at work, which Starbucks did do that after the George Floyd thing. They made Black Lives Matter shirts for all their employees. Then I think that's where it goes too far. So it started out just like a lot of things do, you know, with with good intentions, but then it kind of went overboard and, and went the other direction. So it had been building for a while. I'd noticed this increased trend towards diversity and inclusion 
and some of these other things, like I said, employee resource groups, having an LGBT resource group at work, having a Hispanic resource group at work. I'd seen that mostly in the larger companies slowly building over the past 25 years, but then it really went overboard after George Floyd. Okay. And I mean, I you sound pretty well versed. So do you know what ESG standards are? Well, it's, it just stands for employee like social groups kind of thing, or sometimes they're called employee resource groups, ERG. Well, so, but they're about like getting, for example, LGBT employees together to talk about things like maybe planning a booth for the pride parade, the local pride parade in the community for a company. Or um, I know some companies right now are hosting because it was just pride month in June. They hosted forums for gay and lesbian employees to speak about their experience in the workplace. So they'll host stuff like that, do things like that. Every company does it a little bit differently. Started off things like, you know, for the Hispanic group, let's have a Cinco de Mayo party and bring, you know, Hispanic type foods and celebrate the holiday together. It started doing things like that, but it's gotten a little more um, in depth and kind of evolved and changed over time for people kind of sharing their experiences as it relates to being a member of that group at work. So the new thing that I've been hearing lately is now they're changing the name again. Now it's going to, now it's environmental, social, and governmental standards. So, yes. so like you mentioned, uh, you know, clean air, clean water, all that. Um, now they're including the social aspect, which would be this woke um, mentality. And then they're going to have some type of governmental regulation piece of that as well. So that's all infiltrating in the corporations as we speak. Now, have you yourself ever been canceled or fired from a job because of your beliefs? I have not. No, but people have. And that's really scary. Absolutely. So as a, you know, corporate HR person, what can people do that may have been canceled or even have lost their jobs just because of their personal belief system or their political views? Well, it's, it's a tough question. It's a good question. It's a tough question. And yes, you're right about the environmental, social, and governance piece getting merged into diversity and inclusion also, which is kind of like a catch-all for social justice and things like that, which I don't think is going to turn out too well for a lot of these companies because I think they're taking on more than what they realize and that there is going to be backlash, and I think it's coming. So one of the things I tell people when they ask what I can do is, or what they can do, is I say, speak out, speak out politely. For example, even though I did send an anonymous email because I was pretty, I was pretty direct um, when I sent, excuse me, the letter about that, please send money to Black Lives Matter that we got from our CEO. But there's been other times where I have been vocal and not anonymous. And when, for example, when they wanted us to do this certain diversity training that involved, you know, answering for your white privilege, I said, I think that this is wrong. If you're telling me I have to do it, I'll do it. But I completely disagree with the premise of this. And my boss, you know, she understood. And she said, if you don't want to take that training, you don't, you don't have to. Um, But I did say, I didn't agree with it. And here's why. And I said it very politely, very professionally. In other environments, it's not that easy to do that because you, you could potentially lose your job. So there's anonymous complaints. Most companies have some kind of anonymous complaint process that you can utilize where you can submit things like a whistleblower hotline. Most large companies have that. Um, I know some folks 
have unions that represent them, although unions aren't super interested in fighting wokeness, it seems. I haven't seen too many take that up as a cause. They tend to kind of get on board with that. And I think you can also maybe have other people speak out, you know, go on social media and post comments. That's what happened to Coca-Cola when they had a campaign that was leaked by a whistleblower where part of their training, their diversity training, instructed Coca-Cola employees on how to be less white, um, sent that to to a media person and they put the documents out on the internet. And there was a lot of backlash for Coca-Cola on that. And they ended up having to take it down and kind of apologize for it, although it was sort of a half-hearted apology. But it caused a lot of damage to them and their sales were down that following quarter. I don't think they've quite recovered yet. And this was just recently, this was probably a few months ago. And their brand has been damaged. Now, I'm not sure they still get it and I'm not sure they've changed their ways yet, but you do that a few times. And it can have an impact. There are companies starting to see that, you know, this is just a mess when we get into this because it is so divisive. And maybe we ought to just get back to our core mission of serving our customers and our employees. Well, that'd be nice if they would do that. Yes. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath. I think the government has their arms involved in too much of uh, the corporate world uh, for that to happen. In fact, just today, um, the USA Today reported that Congress wants to take over the credit bureaus because, you know, people of color get they get the shaft when it comes to the credit reporting agencies. So the government has to be in charge of that. And I'm sure you know what a social credit score is like they have in China. Yes. Okay. so I'm sure that's where that is going to be heading to very soon. So, you know, social media, we can't talk online if you put anything out there that's contrary to you know, the powers that be, they just shut you down. In the workplace, you can easily lose your job or be demoted or transferred or whatever. And uh, now we kind of see where this is all heading. In your opinion, what is the best way or how can people try to engage to stop this with corporations? Well, right now, companies are having trouble hiring employees, many of them. I was I just got back from a week at the beach and we, every single restaurant and store we went to had a help wanted sign out. And I think that has to do with the pandemic and, you know, places are starting to open back up again. And a lot of people don't want to go back to work. And so they're having a they're having a tough time. So I think that that employees do have some leverage. Now, that is I'm talking more entry level positions, but I think that you're going to see this labor crunch go a little higher up as well. I mean, I I like where I work. I'll be honest I like it for the most part, except for when they're making me do diversity training and asking me to donate to Black Lives Matter. But if I got a call from a company that said, hey, listen, we'd like to talk to you about coming to work for us and we won't make you do diversity training, I'd probably go just because I would feel like I could at least be myself and I don't have to be quiet about certain things. Right. So I do think that what we're what we're looking at is kind of a fracture. And I think you're going to see some companies kind of reject some of this wokeness and they will create their own customer base, right? I mean, I think you're going to see payment platforms. Well, we're already seeing payment platforms, alternate social media companies, banks are, you know, limiting who can have accounts there, including the NRA. There was banks in New York that shut down the NRA and wouldn't let them have bank accounts. You know, there's a lot of things like that that are going on. MailChimp is shutting down conservative accounts, so guess what? You're just going to have another company that comes up with the mail service provider that you can use. So I think we're going to see that fracturing of the economy. And you're going to have essentially two economies, one for free speech and one 
for tyranny, I guess, is how you would describe it. But I think that's where we're headed. I think it's unfortunate. I, I don't welcome that change, but I think it's the only potential outcome to this because that's the only way we're going to be able to continue our you know, economy. Now, the government, to your point, is probably going to try to get in the middle of that like they have you know, right now they've done nothing with social media thus far, but we have that new lawsuit filed by Donald Trump, that class action lawsuit, a few other things. And if we can win some victories in court and break up some of these monopolies with, with big tech, and we can allow these other, you know, companies that promote and allow free speech to, to establish themselves. We all saw what happened with Parler, but I don't think that's going to happen again. I think other companies are going to do it a little bit differently. And hopefully beat this but we've got to create our own servers and our own everything and it may even extend to the schools quite honestly with what's happening in the schools right now I think you're going to see a lot of people finding other ways to educate their kids and I think what we're we're heading towards is two societies again I don't I don't welcome that I don't think it's a great thing for the future of what's supposed to be the United States of America but I also don't see any alternatives as we stand right now with all these restrictions on our liberty. No, you're exactly right. And that is something that's happened pretty much in every tyrannical society in the history of the world. Anytime that uh, government starts to become too tyrannical, that's exactly what happens. You have a separation. Um, people always try to find another way around. And you, you essentially have a, an independent ecosystem that will develop to serve the needs of those people. Um, yep. So that's what we are seeing. I think you're exactly right on that. And before I let you go, because you are in the Lone Star State, I hear that Colonel Allen West is running for governor. That is correct. He is. Does he have your vote? And what do you think? Well, I am a big fan of Allen West, I will say. Uh, I've met him several times because I'm fairly involved in the local political community in my town and and he he visits all the time and he has since he's been the chairman of the Republican Party. So as it stands right now, he's probably my number one choice. There are several people running against Greg Abbott. And I think Greg Abbott could be in for a fight. I really do. And I think a lot of the folks on the right as well as the libertarians are a little bit frustrated with the that the lockdowns went on as far as long as they did in Texas, it was it was definitely better. You know, I know a lot of people who live in California and Washington and Oregon and some of those more you know, blue states. So I know it was a lot worse there than it was here. But I also think, you know, we could have maybe done a little more like the Florida model and opened up more quickly. So a lot of people are pretty upset with Governor Abbott for that. Um, and also, you know, the way this last legislative session went, they didn't get as much done as they wanted to get done. And also the border. People are a little bit upset that the border has been as porous as it's been, especially since January, because ground zero for this border crisis is Texas. And I think they're starting to do some things now about that, but I think some folks feel like it's too little too late. So I'm a huge supporter of Alan West and I will probably vote for him in the primary. There are a couple of other candidates as well, including Don Huffines, who seems pretty strong on the border and on property taxes and on critical race theory and something like that. So I'll have to give it some thought, but I have always been a huge supporter of Alan West. He's a big um, supporter of Israel, which is important to me. And he's very eloquent, 
man who is a strong patriot for this country. I couldn't agree more. And just from someone who grew up in Texas looking in, I wasn't impressed with Abbott. Uh, I think you'd be better off with Colonel Allen West for sure. Stephanie, thank you for taking some time and coming in and chatting with me. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 